0: Welcome to One-Eyed Tigers and Pies, the podcast where we talk about all things AFLW, so long as it involves Richmond or Collingwood. I'm Tony, and I'm our One-Eyed Richmond supporter.
1: And I'm Alexandra, and I'm a very sad One-Eyed Collingwood supporter this week because Collingwood lost their preliminary final by four points to Brisbane. Um, It was quite dramatic. That was my week. Tone, how are you going?
0: Well, I was pretty relaxed, actually. I could sit back and enjoy the footy without the stress of winning or losing. And that's not as good a thing as it sounds, though.
1: No, no. I think I'd rather be in there and lose than not in there at all. But, oh, it was a very dramatic last few minutes. And um, I... I do actually blame you for this because you were the one who predicted that we were going to be five points down with a minute to go and get a dodgy umpiring free kick that let us win the game after the siren.
0: Yeah. Now, I think that was what I thought would be entertaining. I don't think I said that was exactly what was going to happen. I don't think I'm that good.
1: Yeah, well, you you nearly got it right, but we didn't get the dodgy umpiring free kick and win it after the siren. That would have been nice.
0: That would have been nice. But as a neutral, it was a very entertaining uh, comeback in final quarter and very tense.
1: Certainly a more interesting game than the Adelaide-Melbourne game.
0: Mm. Oh, well, I didn't even watch it. I only had eyes for Collingwood. God, who have I become?
1: Oh, no idea. No idea. (laughs) So it was a a big week in, in football, two preliminary finals. Um, it's always an exciting week in football, despite the fact that none of them happened in Victoria. There were Victorian teams playing and they both lost. Yeah. Plenty,
0: plenty of other good. stuff going on around the league as well. Uh, I don't know if you'd seen the news that the Gold Coast coach has stepped down.
1: I did. David Lake, who I really liked, had a lot of time for, actually had a chance to have a chat to him last year. And he was just a an amazing, re- just seemed like a really good guy with his heart in the right place. Um, and he did have the quote of the year last year, which was something about um uh just love what these girls come out and do for you know for peanuts, peanuts. Or pocket money or something yes. um, that what that's why we play the game
0: so yeah. I, you've always said that uh you'd like to you know see the women's game be treated more like the men's game, and I think sacking a really well liked coach after two years of underperforming is a very men's game thing to do.
1: It really is, isn't it? <laughs> there are some things that I would actually like us not to emulate the men's game in, and that's probably one of them. Um, he did stand down. I don't, I don't actually think he was sacked.
0: No, fair enough. But maybe he just thought it wasn't working. That's understandable. Or, you know, life can take you different places, and maybe it wasn't right for him. Yeah. Um, on slightly more disappointing note, also uh, Chelsea Randall will actually miss the grand final due to concussion.
1: That was a. Um, you didn't watch the game. You just told us, but I did watch that game, and that was a head collision very early in the um, in the in the match. So she didn't get to play most of the preliminary final, um, and the opposition player was, if not knocked out, certainly off the ground and out for the rest of the game as well. So, um, yeah, that's sad, uh, but I think it's important that we're treating head injuries seriously in the AFLW. So I don't. I don't have a problem with her being ruled out.
0: I, I agree, and you know I've got a history of concussion and I can't watch concussions. I can't even watch a video of that because it freaks me out still. So i completely on board. You've got to treat concussion seriously.
1: Yeah. Yes. It's sad though, it's yeah. very sad. And the other exciting news is that G Flip is going to be the entertainment at the grand final.
0: That is awesome news. I know we're both big fans of G Flip, so... <laughs>
1: I am so excited about that and I almost, when I saw that, I almost thought about getting a ticket and heading over to Adelaide this weekend, but I can't because the Marby Lions are playing and, you know, priorities.
0: Priorities. Well, how are the Marby Lions doing?
1: Uh, The Marby Lions are doing extremely well. We played the first official um, game of the season this year and all three senior women's teams won. Oh,
0: fantastic. Fantastic.
1: Yes, so we're the only comp in um, in the league. So we're, we're the only club in the league to have uh, three senior women's. Um, a we've got one in Premier Division, one in Division Two, and our under eighteen point fives. Not entirely sure why the under eighteen point fives get called senior women, but they do. They're not part of the junior comp apparently.
0: Can, can I step back to what's with the point five?
1: Uh, that was introduced this year because the because those girls missed uh, their last year of being under 18s oh. because of COVID, so they gave half of them a little bit extra.
0: Oh, that's sweet. So it's a temporary thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's what I heard anyway. That might be complete furphy, complete rumour, I don't know, but it's under 18.5. And, yes, we're the only club to have three um, – Three senior women's teams, we managed to field a full team in all of them, which is very exciting, and uh, we all won and that just says great things for our club, for their support of women's football and um, how awesome is it anyway. And I do just want to particularly mention um, Jess, Ellie, V, and Zoe Manning all scored their first goals.
0: Fantastic. Well, well done to all of those and go Marby.
1: Yeah, go Marby.
0: Okay, so there was a game that went on, and we've talked around and around all the other things that are going on, but we probably should get your thoughts on how Collingwood went in the disappointing game in the weekend. Disappointing yeah. out- disappointing outcome at least.
1: It was a disappointing outcome, but it was a great game. Like it was a it was a very, very close, very hard hard fought game. It wasn't anything like the last time we played Brisbane, where we lost by two points and we just felt like they shut us down and didn't let us play their game. Um, This was not like that at all. It was completely different. It was uh, heart-wrenching. It was a game of momentum. Collingwood had the upper hand. Brisbane had the upper hand. Collingwood had the upper hand. And Brisbane ended up just hanging on at the end. I say hanging on. They did score two goals in the last quarter to get the lead.
0: But what was good, I think, from Collingwood's point of view is when they scored those two goals, they looked like they were just they were home, and then the momentum swung back, and Collingwood finished with all the running. And uh, oh, how good was that final goal! By the way,
1: yeah. oh, it was great, and it was exactly the right thing to do. There's no time to waste. So for those who didn't see it, um, she she um, she got the mark outside 50, and the ball was on the ground and all of the players were on the ground because it had been a pretty tough mark, and instead of going back, she just picked up the ball and ran on, um, scrambled on. Like she almost didn't get to her feet before she kept running on and kicked it long. Chloe did two. That was one of Chloe's shepherds in the goal square to get the goal through. She did another one earlier in the game. Um, That made it, yeah, that, that made it beautifully.
0: Oh, nice. It's always having someone who does the little things like that, which Chloe does always. Yeah. Chloe, obviously, a uh, you know the podcast is a huge fan of Chloe. So well done.
1: Yeah, well done to Chloe. Um, speaking of amazing goals, did you see Sarah Rose one that bounced like came in really really high, bounced on the line and back into play?
0: <laughs> no, I didn't see that.
1: <laughs> oh my god, that was heartbreaking. It was absolutely heartbreaking. You should go and have a look at the video of it because seriously you could not believe that it could happen. It's come in from so high, you're thinking it's through, it's through. No, it's not. It's dropping like directly straight down on the goal line and bounced on the goal line and back into play and went up down the other end. Heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking. Um, I know I say this every week, but Brie Davey.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I did see her in that final quarter again get tackled and just ignore it and just kept going and eventually the tackler just let go.
1: <laughs> There's no real point. I don't know why they bothered trying to tackle her. I suppose it slowed her down.
0: Yeah, it did. It did. <laughs>
1: um she's she's good. Look, the the team was the team was great. Um it was a you can't I mean yes I'm heartbroken, but I also am not upset about that loss like that would have been heartbreaking for Brisbane if they lost it from there as well because it was such a close game it could have gone either way. Um very, very proud of the girls and their season. Um I've had an awful lot of pleasure out of them this year. So let's celebrate that rather than be um too upset about the loss. That's
0: right. And there's sufficient quality I think in Collingwood that you'll be up there again next year. And just hopefully, you know, a couple of extra players here could And another year of learning the game and learning the system, yeah, absolutely in for a shot at the Premiership next year.
1: Cool. Thank you. I hope so. Uh, So last week you gave us Richmond's best and fairest, what you thought Richmond's top ten best and fairest would be. So I thought I'd just give you a quick run through of Collingwood's best and fairest according to Alexandra.
0: Okay, sounds great. Top
1: top ten. Uh, number one's no surprise, Bree Davy.
0: Yep. I think we're certain there.
1: Um, I put Ruby Schleiser in at number two. Mm, interesting. Now, I, I mean this is Britt Benici and Jamie Lambert come in at three and four, and they're the like they're the three that are getting all of the votes because they're midfielders and they do get all of the votes and they're extraordinary. But Ruby Schleiser has had an extraordinary season, and I feel like in a club best and fairest the role of the defenders is going to be more well-recognised than in a league best and fairest.
0: That's always the way, yeah. The club best and fairest rewards people who do the role that they're asked to do, not who necessarily gets the 30 possessions and that can easily be a defender.
1: Yeah, so that's, yeah, Ruby at two. So Bree, Ruby, Britt Benici, Jamie Lambert, Mm -hmm. Stacey Livingston coming in at five. Um, Again, another defender, just a, a rock down back. Chloe Malloy at six. I don't think she's actually had her best season, um, but she's uh, but she's an amazing player, and she's she's turned two or three games just on her on her own boot, and you can't that sort of X factor. That's that's pretty special.
0: Yep, yeah, I would agree. So that sounds like a pretty solid top six.
1: Uh, Number seven, Shani Norder.
0: Okay, that's a surprise. That's not a name I've really heard you mention much.
1: No. And maybe that's because I've just been too busy saying how good is Brie Davy.
0: Yeah, there's been a lot of that.
1: <laughs> Shani has been very solid in the ruck. Um, she's kicked a couple of goals, and she's uh, and she's and she does. Her second and third efforts yeah. are, are pretty special around the ground. So well, it'll well, be um,
0: interesting because you uh, suggested I put uh, Richmond's ruckman and Gabby Seymour up a bit too high in mine. I'm challenging you as well. Maybe we have a little side contest about which ruckman ends up ruck oh, ruckman. What a that's a, a gendered language. that's really hard to get out of your terminology, isn't it? Which ruck ends up higher in the best and fairest?
1: Yeah, because I reckon you might have had um, Gabby in at seven as well.
0: Roundabout there. It was six or seven and you were surprised.
1: Yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, number eight, Steph Ciorci. Um, And she might actually be a bit unlucky that she's that far down because she's had a very solid year. Uh, but she's just, yeah, she's she's up against a whole lot of other bloody brilliant people running through the midfield. Um, Jordan Ellen comes in at number nine. Um, Jordi Allen... That, that that's a that's a bit of a challenge because Geordie was um, injured with three weeks to go or something. So she's she's got a lot of rounds where she won't be getting votes, but she had a pretty solid season early on. So I wouldn't be surprised if she was up there. And then at number 10, I have Aisling Sheridan, Lauren Butler, Ebony O'Day and Tani Brown. Cheap. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't separate them. They all deserve it. <laughs>
0: Fair enough. Well, you're not going to get credit if they all end up in the top ten, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, there
0: you go. no! Nice prediction. Let's see how it goes. So I'm thinking, yeah, we'll have to. We'll come back again once the once the best and fairest are out and the season's over, and maybe we'll have a a final look back at how our last set of predictions go. What do you think?
1: Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. So do you have something about Richmond for us this, this week?
0: So I the thing about Richmond I was most interested in was the what's what's ahead and what's ahead for us is the draft. That's always what you care about once you're knocked out. So I actually took a little bit of a look at the draft and it was a lot more complicated than I thought. I don't know if you're aware of how diff, how complicated the AFLW draft is going to be.
1: I haven't looked at it in a great deal of detail, but I am aware there are complications, yes, because... I'm not sure if you're aware, but um, AFLW players are not full-time professional athletes.
0: I'm not aware.
1: (laughs) I don't know how you can have been listening to this podcast for 18 episodes before now and not have picked that up. But um, it makes things quite difficult when all of the athletes have jobs and homes uh, to go to.
0: Yeah, that's right. So for the benefit of our listeners who maybe aren't into this as much detail, in a very quick summary, you, can, you nominate for the state in which you want to be drafted, in which you want to play for, and so then the clubs in that state can pick up the players from that draft and then at the end, if you're not drafted a club from another state, if they've got a spot, they can sort of call you up and say, hey, would you like to come and play for us and draft?
1: And Collingwood did that last year. Um, they did not take their last draft pick in the draft because Ebony O'Day is from Adelaide and had played with um, Steve Simons at Norwood right. and she wasn't picked up in the draft and so they were pretty sure she'd be interested in coming to um, Victoria. So they didn't use their draft pick so they could go and talk to her afterwards.
0: Right, right. So that's an example where it does happen. But probably the key point to make is the high talents end up playing in their home state, almost certainly. Yeah. It's, it's the later draft picks we might potentially move. The interesting insight into that is that Adelaide are the only team that draft from South Australia. So effectively Adelaide long-term is going to end up being the South Australian team, unlike everyone
1: else. So long as they have a good feeder competition, yes.
0: Yeah, that's right. I'm I'm guessing South Australia, well, it's a big state and it's a football state, so you should have a chance of getting it. So that's interesting. So then the other one I think of is effectively interstate trading is a little bit irrelevant. Like you kind of get some draft picks, but... Actually, it doesn't matter too much if you give away a draft pick to someone from another state because they're not going to draft your player. So <laughs> um, in in some respects, it's quite. I think it would be interesting to watch the trades mm. uh, in that respect. So the pick order in theory for the draft is Gold Coast, Geelong, West Coast, St Kilda, Richmond. So Richmond has pick five. But Gold Coast are effectively in their own draft. West Coast is in their own draft. So therefore, we've actually got pick three in the Victorian draft.
1: Right. Yes. Well that's nice.
0: So that's nice. So that sounds much better than pick five. What will happen? Georgie Presparkis, I think, is the outstanding candidate and almost yeah. certainly going to be pick one. Yeah. Reasonably well known name, though, of course, sister of Maddie. Yes. Uh, so
1: she'll end up at she'll end up at Geelong.
0: Probably. Then now the interesting twist is Geelong's never picked someone from the Call Cannons before. Now, whether that's because I I don't know if there's some Geelong-related thing, but they've always only picked people from the Geelong Falcons, Geelong VFL players or the Western Victoria feeder side.
1: We had a bit of a chat about this before the pod, and I'm reasonably certain there was some funny Geelong rule. Right. Happening before this year that has now been abolished. Right. So there was something funny happening with Geelong in the draft, but I don't know the detail.
0: No. So anyway, it will be interesting to see: will they pick uh, the clear number one, or will they go for someone local? The thing is the, the even the there's a clear number one, which is uh, Georgie Prasparkas, Then two and three probably between Charlie Robottom and Tara Lender from Oakley and Bendigo respectively. So they will be the first three picks. If Geelong chose not to pick on of them, that would be a really bold move. Anyway, the outcome of this is I would say Richmond's looking forward to another really high-quality mid. It'll either be slender or row-bottom. So welcome to Richmond, Charlie or Tara, and I look forward to seeing who it is.
1: Excellent.
0: The other thing then Richmond you always look at is can we trade anyone in? And here's the other little thing. Are you aware of how the salary cap tier system works?
1: Yes, they have marquee players who can be on a higher salary. Still not an equivalent salary to the men, but No, so higher.
0: Yeah, the marquee salary is $37,000, so, you know, that's a good base wage when you're starting out at the bottom of an industry.
1: No, it's not. $37,000 <laughs> is a pittance.
0: <laughs> $1,000 a week, you know, you, you, you get a good tax refund.
1: Okay, sure.
0: (laughs) That'll keep you in dry bread and hard cheese.
1: (laughs) Pretty sure it's below the poverty line, but okay, fine.
0: Right, so your marquee player is below the poverty line, but you can only have two players below the poverty line. Everyone else has has to be far below the poverty line. 28K is everyone else. So two players on 37, everyone else next six on 28, and everyone else in the team below that. I guarantee you that Conti and Brennan are our two marquee players, so there's really no room to attract another talent at the high end. You can't offer money. So it'll be interesting to see whether or not we can actually attract a gun player through a trade given there's no, we certainly wouldn't be able to attract someone to say, hey, take a 10K pay cut or a 33% pay cut to come and play for us.
1: No. No. And the other thing that you need to consider given Richmond's recruiting strategy last year is what Sarah's are available.
0: True. I haven't looked at that. That might be a challenge for later. I'll go and see if we can find ourselves another Sarah. Because Sarah Hosking was an excellent pickup and Sarah Darcy pretty solid too. Cool.
1: All right, yeah. so that's, okay.
0: what, that's what I did. Richmond, we'll trade and draft and we'll just, we'll see what happens. Yeah.
1: Okay, that that sounds good. And I have no idea where Collingwood's draft pick will be or who we're likely to get, but um, I'm sure I'll figure that out closer to the time. All right, what else have we got?
0: So I think it's time for my favourite segment, Alexandra's rant. What have you got for us this week?
1: Well, I actually spent a little bit of time this week developing a scorecard for the AFL. Right. And I'm I'm quite proud of this scorecard and I actually feel like we could uh, we could you know bring it out every now and then and just check how the AFL's going in terms of you know their support for women's football.
0: Right. It feels like this would fit very nicely into we just look at what element of that scorecard they didn't achieve this week, and there's the basis for Alexandra's rant each week.
1: Yes. Um, so there's ten elements to the scorecard. Uh, should I go through them?
0: Yeah, please go ahead.
1: What are oh, the ten so elements? We'll, we'll start with uh, we'll start with a we'll start so- with the win.
0: Okay, would you like me to uh, offer some comment on each one as we go go along?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. So we're going to start with a win. The AFL have a tick on element number one, which is having a women's competition.
0: Yes, well done, AFL, starting with a, like a house on fire.
1: Very cool. Number two is full-time professional female athletes.
0: Yes, but not in this sport.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they, they fail on that okay, one. Okay, yeah. one. And they, let's be quite fair – They've failed on that one every week since the competition started. Yes. There's never been a time when they haven't failed that moment. No. No. Or even looking close to having that one. Okay. Um, pay equity between men and women.
0: So the marquee players get paid less than half what a rookie the last rookie pit in the men's draft
1: get. Yes.
0: So, it's probably just, they just miss out on getting across there. They just miss out on getting a tick, sorry.
1: (laughs) Excuse me, they're not even remotely close to getting a tick. It's actually way less than half. So, this is not nearly a tick, Tony, because the men on average earn nearly 20 times as much as the women, and the top men earn 43 times as much as the top women.
0: In my defence, I was comparing them to the very last rookie list player on a one-year deal compared okay. to the the best player in the women's competition.
1: I, I feel that we should move on from Payakudi, but trust me, that's they're not getting a tick for that any time soon. <laughs> yep. Um, a proper length season, play each other once.
0: Oh, wouldn't that be great?
1: That- wouldn't that be amazing? So I actually had a point to make about this. So Tani Brown had a legendary game this weekend. And, in fact, the last two or three games she has been, you know, one of the best on ground. She, One of the, you know, five or six best on ground. One of the the
0: 12 to 15 players you mention every week.
1: (laughs) We have a lot of very good players who play very, very well. But Tani Brown has been moving up. You may remember at the start of the year I had very high hopes for her Mm -hmm. and the first few games she was, you know, she was okay, but she wasn't great. And she has just gone from strength to strength. So she's now got 10 games under her belt and is starting to look like a player. She's one of those one of those people, she's got a bit of the Scott Pendlebury's about her. When she gets the ball now, she has space and time to think about what to do with it. Not She used to be just getting swamped and not sure what to do. She's got space and time. She's going to be great. But If she actually had a proper length season, like imagine if she had a men's length season and played 24 games, 22 plus two rounds of finals.
0: Plus played games that were maybe full length as well. So let's face it, they're actually getting half the experience.
1: Yeah, half the experience and over a ridiculously short season. So she's going to be a superstar, um, but it's going to take her longer to get there simply because of the length of the season.
0: The the rule of thumb in the men's games fifty games.
1: Yeah, and that's gonna take her five, six years to get there.
0: Yeah, which is ridiculous.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, so AFL um do not get a tick for the proper length yeah. season. The
0: weird thing is that one's easily fixed.
1: Yes. Anyway. Actually, most of these are relatively easy fixed if the AFL decided that they cared about women's football. Um, equal support, so as in coaches, medical staff, admin, all of that sort of stuff.
0: Right? Rather than have a salary soft salary cap that's so low that uh, I you can't actually recruit additional staff to help people out.
1: Yep, or sharing it across the men so that the men actually get it, and in their spare time those support staff have to help out the women, which is what is happening in most of the clubs at the moment. Uh, media mm-hmm. the next one. Now, interestingly, interestingly, there's almost a half a tick for this this week because the Herald Sun had AFLW on the front page. Wow, I know. Uh, it was midweek on a slow news day, but- and it was a puff piece about AFLW rather than actual reporting.
0: Yeah, it's a start, but well, yeah, that's one paper, one day in the middle of the week, but it's it's not. A full tick, but, you know, it's not a complete red cross underlined.
1: You're right. Um, However, I did get Dad to give me a report on the Herald Sun on Sunday, the day after the two preliminary finals. Right. um, Just to see how they did, you know, when we actually had women's sport news to report on. Yeah,
0: yeah, the big game.
1: Leading up to the grand final,
0: get the excitement to fever pitch.
1: And there were 15 pages of sport. Mm Mm-hmm. Sixty uh, percent of that was AFLM. Seven mm-hmm. percent was AFLW. Right. Uh, motorsport had more coverage than AFLW. Right. So did racing. Who
0: who really watches racing? Maybe that's just. <laughs> <laughs> anyway.
1: Anyway, so they didn't do quite as well. Um, in actual coverage. But, you know, but, hey, Herald Sun, yay for putting women's sport on the front page in the Thank middle you. of the week.
0: Let's see more of it.
1: Yeah, but um Channel 7 gets an enormous, uh enormous cross. Channel 7 uh, is is in the bad books after their coverage of the Collingwood match on the weekend.
0: What'd you they had do? to
1: switch channels at half-time.
0: What, like between... Seven mate and seven whatever. Yeah.
1: So the first half was on Channel 7.
0: Oh, that's And just... the
1: second half was on Seven Mate. So there were people on social media going, I just missed the first half of the footy because you said it was starting on Seven Mate at X time and that's only the second half. Uh, I didn't no. notice.
0: Go, <laughs> go Retrospectively, go back and underline that X. That's terrible.
1: <laughs> oh, terrible. So, yeah, we were just watching it on Channel 7. And, like, gee, half time's going for a long time. When are we going to get no. back to the football? <laughs> no, we're not getting back to the football. Change channels. Didn't even tell us we had to change channels. Yeah,
0: that, that's the crazy thing. Surely they'd say switch your channel now at the sound of the beep.
1: Cool. Uh, scheduling and fixturing. Um, yep. Um, so, um,
0: this, this one bugged me, obviously, we talked about during season about how annoyed I was they moved to the Richmond games so the men's practice games wouldn't get annoyed so I couldn't actually watch it. That was pretty frustrating so happy to be across there. But I, can I just point out they did one good thing which is they shifted a men's game so it wouldn't clash with the grand final.
1: Okay. Um, I'll give them, I'll give them points for that then. So we're going to say that they're not actually failing on the scheduling and fix during this week.
0: This particular week.
1: This particular week. I'm not giving him a tick for it because you couldn't say that that is a consistent thing, but I won't give them a cross. Or do we give them a half point or something?
0: Uh, A a temporary half point, yes.
1: Temporary half point. Okay. Uh, Number eight is umpiring. Um, Actually, the umpiring wasn't that bad, but I still think it's a systemic issue, so they can't – Um, They do need to address that. It's a gendered issue. And ticketing is still extremely and completely dumb and um, they really need to do something about that. Mm -hmm. And then number 10 is just a catch-all for dumb decisions this week because they keep doing things that aren't in the scorecard. Just, you know, you've just made a really dumb decision this week. Why did you do that? Because you don't care about women's football. Um, Actually... Uh, they, I don't think they made any dumb decisions this week, and that's almost the first week in as long as I can remember.
0: Right. So, did they get a full point for that for this week?
1: Can you? I, I don't want to give them a point for that because they make so many decisions all the time. But, <laughs> but okay, it's
0: a moving. It's a moving average. You got zero points last week, one point this week. You only get a half this week. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, we'll be fair. We'll be fair. We'll give them a point for that. So, out of ten, um, they've got two. And a half.
0: Right. That's a good week for the AFL.
1: That's actually, I thought that they were just going to continually score one for having a women's competition. (laughs) (laughs) So two and a half, 25%. That's better than I thought they'd do. Yeah. All right.
0: All right, nice scorecard. Well, we will refer back to that. Well, in fact, we've pretty much been referring to it the entire podcast. We just haven't had it written down in such a coherent yeah, format.
1: It, it, it might be how we decide what we're going to rant about this week.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Mm. Cool. That might that might be it for us then. Any last words of wisdom, anything that you'd like to?
0: No, I think uh, I'm looking forward to watching the grand final, which should be fun. I'm dreaming of the day that uh, one day Richmond might actually make it there and you know it'll be awesome to say i can i can think i can hope
1: um will not that be exciting it's bound to happen one day
0: one day there's enough I support think... behind them i think that someday they that our luck will turn
1: yeah how long did you wait for a premiership as a um tigers supporter tone
0: only 37 years or so but there are a good okay. 37 years <laughs> <laughs> but when it All does right. turn it's glorious <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you're certainly um, having a good run in the men's at the moment, so um, it's okay that you have to wait for a little while in the women's. That's, That's Right right
0: now I'm still taking pleasure in in the small wins and the, the day-to-day victories and watching everyone improve and get better.
1: Yeah, me too. Me too. Great. Alrighty, well, it's been great talking to you and uh, we'll... Enjoy the grand final. We'll have a couple of weeks off and, and come back together maybe to review the um, the best and fairest and a little bit of a wrap of the season in a few weeks' time.
0: Sounds great, Alexandra. look forward to it. But in the meantime, go Tigers! Go Pies! Go Marby.